Hi, Chris Felton here. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so excited about my new show, Cultural Catalyst, where we help you to learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. You can watch it weekly on my YouTube channel or listen to it here. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we help you learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change your world. History becomes his story. That's our goal. And today, this is our third session with Kathy Valentin, obviously my lover, my wife, my business partner, my ministry partner. And best friend. And best friend. I was getting there. I was getting there. Just helping you. The mother of my children, the love of my life. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. So we're, we're, we're so excited. Last week, we kind of gave you our story about our businesses and some of the hard times that we went through. And today we want to talk a little bit about when the supernatural became natural. (laughs) I don't know if it's still perfectly natural because we still like, wow, that was amazing. But, you know, we just want to, and we want to welcome Holy Spirit into this, into this session. Of course. I think we welcome Holy Spirit in every session, but today we want to welcome Holy Spirit in a way that says, Holy Spirit might be touching you while we're having these conversations. So we talked about our little church in Weaverville. You remember it was like 40 people. Yeah. And then we talked about Bill and Benny coming, and we became great friends with them. But a lot of things were happening because Bill was teaching on the supernatural. Do you remember that? I do. The very first ses- uh, very first series that he ever did was, I think he did like three months on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And Bill was big about do and teach. So yes. We were like a church of like 40 people. It probably, I think we grew to 100 the first year. And then we had, an, and then Sunday nights there would be like 20 or 30 of us. Uh-huh. And then we would practice the gifts of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And and so we we were like learning from Bill about the, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. And then backtrack a little bit, you know, one of the very first stories we told you in this series that we're doing with Kathy is I had a nervous breakdown. The part I didn't tell you is, I started being visited by demons by the time we got mm-hmm. to Lewiston. They would knock pictures off the wall. Remember this? It turned lights on and off. The phone would ring. And Crazy, be... unbelievable stories. Unbelievable. Like like people were like, were you schizophrenic? Like, no, no. no. Kathy saw the lights go on <laughs> and off. Kathy saw the phone ring and demonic people would be on there. You know, pictures would spontaneously fall off the wall. I mean, literally, literally like. Uh, that we, was pretty normal in our life. It was. It, it got to be normal. Yeah. So we saw. So the dark side was so real to us. Mm-hmm. And then I got supernaturally delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably tell. I should tell that story probably. So I, I was like, you know, you. I heard. You know, I told you the story of panic attacks. I started seeing crazy stuff happen, like movies running in my mind. And then I could see demons with my eyes, which was. It, it, that probably lasted five or six, seven years which was really, really, you know, I could see into the spirit realm, which, you know, everyone's like, I want to see in the spirit realm. I'm like, yeah, you want to see, <laughs> you want to see in the Angels. Third, third heaven, heaven realm, but you don't want to see in a second heaven exactly. realm. Exactly. So it was really tormenting. And then one night, this is while we were still in Lewiston. I was laying on the floor, again, another winter night, laying on the floor. You know, we didn't get very good reception up there on radio or television. Mm. Didn't have cable television these no. days. And I would, I was, you know, I'd have panic attacks at night. So it was kind of my custom to get out of bed so Kathy could sleep. And I I went in the front room and it was another moonless night. I'm laying on the floor 
I turn on the radio, which was like this great big stereo we had, this old stereo <laughs> we had. And uh, this guy is preaching on there. And and again, it's real staticky. But I heard him say, uh, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, sound mind. mind. Now, you know, I, I, I'm, I've i always loved the scriptures. Kathy can tell you, like, I read every day. And so I knew the scripture. But he said this. He said, some of you think you're going insane. Mm-hmm. But a spirit of insanity is actually speaking to you. Because demons give uh, demons give you their thoughts, mm-hmm. and then they accuse you of having them. And then he said, "Not all your thoughts are your own. Some of you are hearing the thoughts of the of a demonic spirit, mm-hmm. and you think you're crazy, but it's actually just a spirit." And so I, I like he was. It was like it was like God stepped out of the radio, and he was just talking right to mm-hmm. me. And I and I was laying on the floor. I'll never forget it. On my back again, a winter day, pitch dark in the house. And I turned off the radio and I said to God, God, why, God, what should I do? And he said, tell the spirit, tell the spirit of fear and the spirit of insanity to leave you. And I'm like, okay, well, it can't be that easy. I mean, I, this is like, I've been three and a half years tormented. I, so I was laying on my back and I said, you spirit of fear and you spirit of sanity, insanity, leave me right now in Jesus name. And something got up off my body. Now I saw demons all the time. I didn't see a thing, but it was like when you take an x-ray of your teeth when you're at the yeah, dentist. Yeah, that lead blanket. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> someone took a lead blanket off my whole body. And instantly my mind returned. All my shaking stopped. Wow. And I got I got completely delivered. And so, And then I learned, like, so I was a complete week with no symptoms. I could eat. My body was mm-hmm. normal. And then it kind of came back. And then I, I, over the next period of two or three years, I learned... Well, it's one thing to get free. It's another thing to stay free. But That's a whole other thing in itself. Yes. Learning to stay free. Learning how to stay free. Mm-hmm. And we, we learned Kathy's favorite verse, Philippians 4. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we learned how to take charge of our inner world. Yeah, our thoughts. And to that we had responsibility. I, I used to say, you know, angels and demons travel at the speed of thought. Mm-hmm. And that was my way of reminding myself, like, if you... It's true, though. If you open that door, those demonic spirits are going to torment you all yeah. day. So, how, you know, keeping the door shut. And so we started learning how to keep the door shut. And then it was probably five years before I started telling my story, that I that how demonized I was, mm-hmm. how the Lord freed me. And when we told our story, when I told my story... I remember telling it on a Sunday morning, just a piece of it. Like, I didn't go into great detail, but people lined up to get prayer. And all, all of a sudden, unbeknownst to us, we ended up with a, a deliverance ministry we didn't want to have. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. Yeah. But people didn't realize that they could get free from the torment that they were under. Yeah. And that somebody else understood. And it was, you know, back then it was a pretty hush-hush. Yeah. It was kind of embarrassing. And, and we talked about it demeaning and yeah, nobody. Yeah. And that's what the enemy wanted you to think. Yep. And, and, you know, and the deliverances that we had seen in the Jesus movement way back in the house we talked about, because mm-hmm. we saw deliverances, but you needed to get delivered from your deliverance Yeah, because we were like, <laughs> they'd be shouting at demons and people would be flopping around. And, I, and the other, the other extreme of it was you go tell somebody what's going on with you and they put you in a mental mm-hmm. hospital, which is why I didn't want either. Like yeah. I didn't want to get delivered, delivered because I saw what it was doing to the people who were getting. Yeah, it was terrible. And then I didn't want to go in a mental hospital 
but I was having movies of killing people. Like I was killing people in my, in my mind and doing crazy stuff. So when I shared that people just lined up and suddenly people were like, I'm having those things happen mm -hmm. to me. I have panic attacks because I'm afraid I'm going to molest my kids. Mm -hmm. I have panic attacks because I, I feel like I'm going to murder somebody and, or I'm going to commit suicide. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And we, we had no idea that there were literally thousands of people that were having those identical mm -hmm. things happen to them. Yeah. And so people started literally lining up at our house, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it felt like every night, but it probably wasn't every night. Well, our kids were exposed to so much because it was like a <laughs> do and teach. Yes. I remember youth group. Remember yeah. youth group? We'd have several of the kids that came to our youth group were demon-possessed. Yeah. And they just would manifest when they got in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the kids were like— this is just like the second chapter, the <laughs> chapter of Acts. Yeah, it's like the book of Acts. Just like the book of Acts, all yeah. these miracles and demonic visitations that were happening and seeing the power of the Holy Spirit move. And it was pretty wild. We had a high school group in our house times. every week, right? Yeah. And we were doing deliverances on high all school the time. kids. And our kids were little and they, were, they slept <clears> upstairs, <throat> but we had a loft. Yeah. <laughs> and they would come out. They'd crawl out of their they'd bed. They'd crawl out of beds, and they'd be watching from the loft while we're doing casting out demons out of these kids, and it was wild. I remember we took in this girl. You you might want to, like, tell some of the story. Okay. So Tracy Evans is one of our very good friends. She's lived with us on and off since she was, like, 18, 19, and she would lead people to the Lord, give them her little apartment, and then she would live with us, or she would say, can you take these people in? And yeah. she'd live in her apartment. So she brought this girl in, and we, we'll tell the short story on this one because this is a long story. Call her Sharon. Yeah, you, uh, it's in Kathy's book. The, by the way, you should get this book. You would love it. If you love these stories, the, her, Kathy's book, it's called The Good, the God, and the Ugly, uh, The Story of Supernatural Family. It is the story of our family, and Kathy's a fantastic writer and storyteller. So if you're loving these stories, you should get that book. It's, it's you know, mm. it's you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on our website, uh, on Bethel Media. It really is a fun read, I have to admit. It's a great book, and this story's in there. <laughs> yeah. So we call her Sharon. That's not her real name, but to hide her identity. So Tracy brings her to our house one day. Well, there is a longer story. I'm going to tell the short story. She ends up living with us, yeah. this girl, who um, who was Anton LaVey's spiritual daughter. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who Anton LaVey is, because a lot of people don't know, Anton LaVey was San Francisco's first Satanist church. Yeah. And so, you know, she she was like six foot one, six foot two. She looked like a motorcycle mama. She was she's like she had she had muscles like a bodybuilder. Dark so, hair with a with a gray streak that yeah, came blonde down. gray streak yeah. in her hair, and uh, and she was one bad woman. And they found her slithering um, on the gas station uh, at night, sw slithering like a on snake the pump island. on the pump island yeah. and growling like a dog. She ended up in the rubber room at Tracy. Tracy was working at as the a nurse. Hospital. The hospital, you know, the uh, I don't know what they call it, the rubber room where they put the psychiatric psychiatric holding, holding room. room. I think is what they call it. Yes, <laughs> that's the proper. <laughs> we term. call it the rubber room forever. And then Tracy takes her and you know, asks, "Can you guys take her in just for a week?" And that turned into six months. Long six months. You, you might you might you might tell part of that story because you. Part of that story is your story to tell. It was, oh, it just, it was, it was wild. You know, she came and she ended up 
living with us, she ended up in that psychiatric ward like two or three different times. Yeah. And she she just really needed a stable place. And Tracy knew that we had a home that could offer her that. So she ended up moving in with us. And she she would drink a lot. And every time she'd drink, of course, yeah. it would open up the, the yeah. demonic, the, you know, her heart to the demonic world. And she'd get in trouble. So I remember coming home from work one and day. She used to beat up guys in the bar. Just to oh be yeah, she take she she chewed a champagne glass up. Yeah, she was she'd turn into her she'd when she would get very animal. demonized. She'd turn into an animal. I mean, like she would still be a human, but she would turn into an animal. She'd yeah. represent a, a like a growling dog or. Uh, so one night I one night um or one afternoon I came home and she said hey I'm I'm going to be cleaning somebody's house and I'll meet you at I'll meet you at church yeah because we had um at the time it was Dick Joyce came to visit and speak at our church yeah so I said okay I'll I'll just you know save a place for you well this is the old Mountain Chapel first building right here it used to be called used to be called Calvary, Calvary Chapel, Chapel yeah. yeah. And this is when Bill Johnson came to this building, there was 40 people in this building. And within a year, there was over 100. And I think we moved to the theater when there was about, I think we were oh, around yeah. 200. We about 150. 150. And uh, this was it right here. And this is the place that you had an encounter with the demonized gal. Oh, we I call her Sharon. Sharon. You know how you can feel somebody standing behind you? Well, I could feel something behind me. And I turned around and there was Sharon in the corner, right over there against the far side of the wall. And I remember kind of waving my hand at her like, Sharon, Sharon, come here. I'm right here. And she was like looking over me. And I'm like, Sharon, I'm right here. And still she wouldn't make eye contact. And I thought, well, that's really strange. So I remember getting up out of my seat. and I was walking towards Sharon. And all of a sudden she turned into this cat and started attacking me and lunging forward at me. And I'm like stepping backwards. I'm going, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. And by that time, we had the undersheriff in our church. We had another- The sheriff. sheriff. We had the sheriff, the undersheriff, and, and couple Chris and a couple deputies. And they saw what was happening to me. So they jumped up and came around her. And as soon as she saw people, guys coming towards her, she started panicking. And there was a door that was like right here, right in the corner. And she opened the door and she turned around and she sprinted and ran. And there's a chain link fence that divides the two properties. And so she ran and she started clawing, climbing up the chain link fence, trying to get away. And Chris grabbed her and she kicked him off and she jumped down. And then now she's running towards the highway. And by that time it was evening and it was pretty busy because people were coming home from work. And Chris ran after and jumped her and tackled her down to the ground just before she got to the main road. She would have gotten killed, I'm sure. Then they so, arrested her right there because the sheriff and the undersheriff both went to our church. Yeah. So they arrested her, called for a police car, and they picked her up, and right right there, the police car p pulled up, and then she was just going crazy, and I said, I'm going to get back with her. So I got in the back <laughs> with her. They thought Chris was the crazy the, one. The deputy's like, no, 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 and the sheriff's like, if he wants to get in the back, let him get in the back. So he got in the back and put my arms around her and got her calmed down and prayed for her. And then a week later, she was back in our house for about three more months. Yeah. So, she, so we took her back in after that. And that was, was probably the heart, one of the hardest decisions yeah. I ever had to make because, you know, we had small kids and I was just traumatized inside. You could, as you could imagine, a PTSD, a lot of PTSD, yeah. you know, I was, and, and I, I just, 
I didn't think that I could even survive something like that. Emotionally, I was just distraught and upset, and I I couldn't think. I couldn't even go in front of a window because every time I did, there was a monster's head looking at me through that window. I couldn't go out you at were night. Ma- imagining, yeah. I but was just, you, you, you're the ones who actually prayed and took her back. I know. It took like three days. I remember going to Benny saying, I don't know what to do. And she just walked me through some stuff. And I'm like, I don't think I could take her back in. And she's like, well, why? And yep. And I, she's, is the Lord not able to protect you? And I said, no, he is. But I just don't know if I can make that decision. We ended up taking her back in. I remember this one night we're leading uh, worship. We're, you know, we had we had home group oh, in our house every right. week, and we had youth group in our house every week. So we're doing worship. The place is crammed with people. There's probably 30, 40 people in, in the worship. I think it was youth group, probably 50 kids crammed in our front <clears> room. <throat> I mean, there's no space to move. Mm. And, and Sharon's there, and she's holding. She loves kids, so she's holding Shannon, who's probably like, 18 months, 20 months, maybe, maybe two years. No, old. she was about, she was about three or four maybe at the time because Jason was 18 months. So she, so she has her little doll, you know, like a Barbie doll and, and she's showing it to Sharon while we're worshiping. And when the worship got really intense, Sharon grabs the doll, rips, rips the, head the head off and throws it, <laughs> throws it across the room. And Shannon's like, mommy, she ripped the head off of my doll. <laughs> Remember that? Oh. And then another time, uh, she Shannon had caught her finger in a in a cut her finger in a in a an can, olive can, and it was bleeding. And and uh, Sharon freaked out with blood because she was in blood sacrifices. So she's like, she's bleeding, she's bleeding. She's you know making a big deal out of it. It is dripping pretty good. And, and you, I, I wasn't at home. What's the rest of that story? No, so I had it under water, and I just she told was, Sharon was holding her under. Sharon Sharon was holding her finger underneath the water, and I said all. I just prayed over really quickly, and I'm like, I'm just going to get a Band-Aid. By the time I came back to the kitchen, she's like, Sharon's freaking out, and she's like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And she's looking at both of Shannon's hands trying to figure out where this cut is. She's like, it's not there. It's gone. It actually closed up while she watched. Yeah, and she was freaking out, and that was was probably her first real experience with yeah, God and seeing God move supernaturally and powerfully. It was so beautiful her watching life. her get free. Like we, we actually drove the demons out of her. She lived with us. I mean, her. She lived four or five months with us, totally free. Yeah, loving God it was beautiful. This brings back so many memories. It sure does. The old Trinity Theater. How many years did we do church in this theater? Oh gosh, I want to say at least eleven, maybe no, I think fourteen to seventeen. I'd say maybe longer than that. We used to come in here, and I remember. I think it was the first uh, Sunday that we were here. The the hallmark or the uh, sign read "Return of the Nerds" oh, was the name right. of the movie. I remember that. But this was a this is the theater that. Trinity, uh, this Trinity Theater was the theater that uh, Mountain Chapel, Mountain Chapel was, in. was in for years and years and years, about 14 years. We did church in here. We'd have to come every Sunday morning re- really early 
and set up everything, set up all the keyboards and the whole entire sound system. We do church for three hours and then a team would come and tear it down. And we did that every Sunday for, I think, around 17 years. years. Danny Silk's first message here were, if you're offended, go to the person you're offended at. And uh, I looked around. There was about 300 people in church that morning. That's about all this theater holds, actually. Packed, theater packed. I didn't see anybody moving. Then I looked back and from my seat, and the seats are on a slant. I looked back to my seat, and there was a line all the way out, all the way out this door and down that sidewalk, waiting to talk to me because uh, they were offended at me because of my prophetic ministry. So uh, that was when I vowed to never prophesy again. For about six months, I didn't. But it was a great learning experience for us. Yeah, it was. This is just bringing back so many memories. Oh, my yeah. gosh, it makes me want to cry. Oh, I just... All the times I spent on the street and walking these sidewalks and running into people that I knew for years and years. and Yeah. Just knowing there's the merchant stories behind their struggles and their successes. And yeah. uh, it's just... it's. I never wanted to leave this place, so it was really hard for me. We've been gone from here for 24 years, but this is our roots. This is where, this is where, this is where the Bethel, this is where the, the the Bethel thing all happened for us and for our teams. Bill Johnson pastored here. Danny Silk pastored here for many years. Steve Backlund pastored here. Charlie Harper was here. Eric Eric and uh, Eric Johnson. Grew up here, Jason. Brian. Valentin. Brian Johnson grew up in this church right here in this theater. This is where Brian first learned how to play, right? Right in this place. Eric Johnson here. Leah was here. This is all of our kids were here. This, this is, is it. This is the place where for, for, for us where it all began. Right here at Trinity Theater. And then the Toronto blessing happened. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Bill and Benny went to Toronto, <laughs> California. I mean, Toronto, California, Toronto, Toronto Canada, Canada, and they had what they what was called the Toronto Blessing, mm -hmm. which is a you know outpouring of the Holy Spirit. People were falling and flopping, and now, you know by now our our Pentecostal church we told you about in the first session, forty people had grown to almost three hundred people, and it wasn't like it wasn't a Pentecostal church anymore. It wasn't like crazy, you know, no. people doing crazy stuff. It was charismatic church. We, <clears throat> we had the gifts of the Spirit moving, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like people interrupting the service and people flopping. But Bill and Betty came back from the service. No, they came back from Toronto. Not the same people. Not the same people. And Kathy was leading worship. I think it was the week they came back from Toronto. Kathy was leading worship. Bill had shared with us privately some things that had happened. We were like, we were both like, that's kind of <laughs> weird. And and uh, we had never experienced anything like, like that, that before. No, no. So Kathy's playing the piano, she's leading worship from the keyboard, and all of a sudden, in the middle of worship, like with nothing, nobody's praying for her, no, nothing's happening. Like, like again, this is like the first week, <laughs> and she falls over the keyboard, and and I'm, I'm sitting like four rows back, and she falls over the keyboard, her breasts on the keys. And, and it's like, and the keyboard's just going, uh, I'm going like this, <laughs> trying, to, trying get, to find, trying it. to find the switch. And, uh, and she's laughing. And I, I was like, <laughs> Oh, my what's wife, what's happening? What's happening with my, cause she is like, she's miss like non-emotional. And I'm like, what's happening? And everybody in our church, you know, we've, we've been together now for like 10 years. We know everybody. 
you know, it's a small town. All those 300 people in that church, we know everybody. And everyone's just like, <laughs> what, what is happening? And Bill turns off the switch and Kathy falls over on the floor and she's just hysterically laughing, like hysterically I laughing. I couldn't control it. And, and, you know, and then Bill, you know, and everyone's kind of like, I would say like low level freaked out. And because it was Kathy, we're like, everybody <laughs> knows like what, you know, like, you know, you have certain people in your church that are kind of weird anyway. And you're like, oh gosh, she must have had a breakdown. <laughs> but everybody knew that Kathy was like totally stable. And so everyone's just watching her. And then Bill comes up and he, he's sharing a little bit about Toronto and this is what happened in Toronto. And anyway, so, you know, and so there was a little bit more breakout, not much. So we go to the elders meeting. I will never forget this elders meeting. I wasn't there. The rest of my life. And we go to the elders meeting on Tuesday morning. So that was Sunday. So Tuesday morning. And my, our, our really, you know, obviously all of these people are our close friends at the time. We're all living together basically in a small community. And Tom, who's like super smart, he's six foot four or three. And, and Tom is like, he looks over at me and he goes, oh, I don't think that's God. <laughs> I don't think, and we're talking about what happened on Sunday morning with Kathy and and, and, you know, he's like, well, I don't think it was God. And, you know, I don't see that in the Bible. And he's going on and on and on. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm not arguing with anybody. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened to my wife. I carried my wife home that night. I carried her in home and put her on the couch and she laughed for hours and finally went to sleep that night and woke up normal. And so anyway, so, so next Sunday, which is like five days later, we're worshiping. Kathy's playing the piano again, you know, the keyboards and leading worship. And all of a sudden, a Holy Spirit falls only on Tom. And Tom, <laughs> I'll never forget we're, that. We're in the we're we're in these uh, in the theater. We're we're we were meeting in a theater, and the, it's theater seats that are on a slant, so they're bolted down. So Tom just falls down in between the seats, like like no one else is down, just Tom. And he's he's get he has this manifestation like he's getting electrocuted, and he's like he can't control his limbs, and he's like two he's two rows in and front of me. And he's stuck at those seats. He's that stuck. Push down. <laughs> stuck between the up. seats, and he's he he's a very tall man. Yeah, a tall skinny guy. So I get up and I walk over to his row where he is like <laughs> just freaking out, and I look at him and I stand over him and I go, I don't think that's God. And he looks up at me and he goes, Shut up, Velton. <laughs> And help me. And then, it, you know, within about, within the next few weeks, like whole rows of people would fall. Well, we had a woman's retreat. Do you remember that? Yeah, and that was uh, right after that, right? Like, a, yeah, a lot of the women from our church went to. That's when it, that's when it broke out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a woman's retreat up in the mountains, mm-hmm. higher up in the mountains. And it was amazing. Just the Holy Spirit, the freedom that broke out there mm-hmm. and. And it was only like a two-day retreat, and I'll I'll never forget coming back on a Sunday morning, all of the women coming back in. We took over the church. I mean, the Holy Spirit went crazy, and all the joy and the rejoicing and the dancing and the you guys are streamers. Waiting. I know we had made these streamers. streamers <laughs> That's the first time we'd ever seen streamers, right? And it was like the guys were what like, to "What in the world is going on?" And the kids would come. And we were marching around the aisles and dancing around the aisles, and the kids were coming out and joining us. And 
we just, the Holy Spirit just took over that day. And from then on, it just like exploded in our church. And the people fell out in the spirit, Mm -hmm. meaning like they'd fall out of their chairs. Some would laugh, some would cry, some would shake. I I don't mean like once in a while, like it was just like spontaneously happened. Like nobody praying for them. But it was so awesome because people were getting so free and it looked weird. I mean, it looked, (laughs) if you. Still looks weird to me. If you were not in the midst of it and you were looking, peering in a window, you would think that people were going crazy. Totally. But it was just the freedom of the Holy Spirit that was moving. And it was like, unless you've experienced it yourself, you can't. Yeah. You can't even put words to it. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't care. I don't care what people are thinking. I don't care what's happening around me. I just know that the Holy Spirit is touching me in a way that's so powerful that I just want to stay here in this moment and I never want to leave. That's how it felt. And you would, I carried you home, I don't know, we never counted, but probably every third week for months and then Holy Spirit would just move in our house on yeah. you like that. Yeah. And and I had almost no manifestations. So I was like. <laughs> we were polar opposites. Designated driver. <laughs> and it's so funny because I'm the emotional one in our family. I am the <laughs> woo, woo, woo. And she's like the like. She the said, rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> <laughs> she, she always says I'm the kite and she's the tail. And she's like, I'm keeping you solid. But, you know, when the Holy Spirit moved like that, I was like the tail and you were the kite. Mm. and. And I would, uh, and I would uh, carry you home, mm-hmm. uh, help you out to the car, get you in the car, get you home. You'd be like, woo, and sometimes it lasts for hours, and sometimes for a couple of days. And you'd just be like, Holy Spirit, laughing. You mostly yeah. laughed, yeah. laughed, laughed, and shook. It it was a it was a crazy time, and yeah, I think I I, I like what you said. You get to this place, you don't care what people think. Mm-mm. And then we start seeing healings and miracles, mm-hmm. like, all the time. Our house became like a house of acts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we said in one of the sessions already, like, people live with us for 17 of the 20 years. Yeah. We had we had crazy people living with us. We had people who were getting, getting you know, they were getting help. We were get delivered. We, we were doing deliverances. I don't know. Sometimes we do two or three a weekly. week. Mm-hmm. Definitely weekly. Definitely weekly. And we, sometimes we'd be like three o'clock in the morning still praying for these mm-hmm. people. And we were learning like how to get people free. We're learning how to see, you know, people, sick people. I remember Danny Silk. Danny Silk got saved. Mm-hmm. Bill actually prayed the prayer with him, but I led him to the Lord. He mm-hmm. worked for me. He worked with me. And uh we let we we led him to the Lord, and he was in our youth group, even though he was in his twenties. Mm-hmm. And the youth group was obviously a youth group. But uh, I remember when we did a deliverance on on a guy in the youth group, and he he was he turned into like a werewolf. Oh yeah, that a, a that was, was a yelling crazy. from his stomach. And Danny Danny was saved like one week, and he goes, "This is just like the Book of Acts." Yeah, and uh, we we saw that you know people get delivered, people get saved. And our house was just, it was just a wild, crazy, Holy Spirit journey. And we we didn't know what we were doing. There was, I, I was just going to say, there was something that was on everybody at that yeah. time. The Holy Spirit just kind of brooded over. That's a good word. I like that word. Yeah, brooded over us. And 
I'm not a risk taker. No, you are not. At all. <laughs> but during that time, there was all kinds of risks that we were taking and stepping out in faith. Yeah. And not letting fear override our, mm-hmm. um, you know, decisions that we made. And it was like, if you take a risk and you fail, you just try again. Try again. You know, move over a little bit and go a little bit of a different direction and keep trying until you hit it. And the other thing is we were we were in such a small town that when you would, let's say, do a deliverance on someone, you would know if they really got delivered because they just lived down oh, the yeah, street. Oh, yeah, you'd see them. So you'd be like, oh, no, you know, Johnny's still beating up his wife. You know, it's like, okay, he didn't get delivered. And so we, it was a, it was like a, we call it like a laboratory because a place where you could do experiments mm-hmm. because we were learning what things did work and what mm-hmm. things didn't yeah. work. Prophecy, you would learn because you're giving prophecies to the people that you live with. So you know, like, did that prophecy come right. true? How did it work, you know? Right. And it was just, it was such a beautiful uh, incubator for us in mm-hmm. the spirit, learning how to follow the Holy Spirit. And the one thing that, I wanted to say, too, that was really, I think, was really healthy for our family is we didn't try to separate our kids. No, they were in the middle from, of it. From participating and seeing what was happening. Yeah. Um, they were brought right in. Of course, we didn't bring them into a dangerous situation where they could have gotten Well, a couple times, I, I, remember, I remember twice that we oh, were doing deliverances. Oh, I guess that one person upstairs. And he actually, he actually took off, and he was just trying to get away, but he chased their kids upstairs. Yeah, that's true. I drug him down the stairs. We had a few crazy incidents, but not because yeah. not because the kids were in the deliverance, but just because they were watching. But there from wasn't the somebody that had a gun at their head oh, no, or something, no, no. you know, to where somebody could get hurt. No, but we, you know, we didn't segregate our kids from that, and so they were they had, from a young age they'd been exposed to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and what and the manifestations of the enemy. Yep. So sometimes they may have questioned whether or not there was a God, but they always knew that there was a devil. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of a funny way to put it. Because our, our kids, they, they saw like, you know, people's heads turn backwards. People bend in places where there's no yeah, joints. Just you know, crazy people demonic slithering stuff. Like, uh, literally like a snake in that they, in, they, they, they were bending where there was no bone. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I mean, we saw things that defied the laws of mm-hmm. physics when you were doing deliverances mm-hmm. and our kids watched that happen. Yeah. But the, but the beautiful thing wasn't the deliverances to me. It was great seeing people deliver because I was so demonized at one time. Mm-hmm. So I had such a passion to see people get free. But the beautiful thing to me was to see the, the learning how to live a life in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and and just wanting other people to experience it. They didn't have to fall down or laugh or oh, no. cry. Just just seeing them partner with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. It's, it's we're we're gonna talk about in our next session next week, we're gonna talk about, you know, our time in Reading and how we took what we learned in that little town, started a school ministry and and actually now we teach people all over the world like here are the things we learned. Mm-hmm. But we learned them the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> we learned them by doing it wrong. Why don't you take a few minutes and just, I'd like you just to pray for people just to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, Father, right now, Lord, we just pray that your Spirit would touch everybody within earshot of this Mm -hmm. message. Father, that your Holy Spirit would just brood upon them, that you would surround them, you would smother them with your love, Mm -hmm. that you would touch them in in places that where they've never felt your love before. Yes, Lord. Father, in their homes, in their children, in their hearts, in their ministry. 
Father, we just pray that you would break out. You would break out all over. Mm-hmm. Lord, and peace would totally envelop each person. Father, that the fear would be silenced. Fear would be gone. Fear is not our friend. Yeah. It's not our friend. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, just come. Come right now, Lord. Mm-hmm. Come right now. The places you, that people have felt void. Lord, mm-hmm. I just pray that you would touch those places. Yes, Lord. That people would feel loved by you and by the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us in the session. And we just pray that you would become a history maker and that history would become his story. God bless you. We'll see you next week.